you get weary at times, just mm-hmm. tired of trudging through this pilgrimage God has us on. <laughs> and we have to look, we have to lift up our eyes, right? We have to find a way to overcome these adversities. And the yeah. answer to that is you better know who God is, who yeah. you are, yes. who the enemy is, and what yes. authority we have over him. And we just rise above it. Hello there. Welcome to Treasures and Truth with Tope. I'm excited that you're here. I'm your host, Dr. Tope Kiku. Everyone wants to feel happy, but it's easy to lose hope and feel defeated in this chaotic world that's full of problems. This podcast is all about helping you discover the hidden treasures in your trials so you can renew your confidence and live in freedom. If you're going through a difficult season and need encouragement, you'll find support and hope here. Uh, Before we begin, let me ask you to do me a favor. If this podcast inspires or encourages you, please subscribe, leave a rating, and review so that you can help spread the word. So now on to today's show. Uh, With me on the show is a special guest. She's an award-winning author, teacher, coach, and a therapist and counselor for over uh, with over 40 years of experience. She's served over 33 years in various roles in ministry, and she's current, she currently serves at a local church. She's a wife, a mom to seven, and a grandma to 10. Wow. She is truly multi-talented. Uh, and that's just not, that's not all of it. She's weathered many storms in life and is no stranger to adversity. She's faced multiple health and personal challenges and has survived a cancer diagnosis, diverse single parenting, and homelessness. But through all these fierce sums of life, it was the word of God that brought her comfort. Wow. And Dr. Mel is passionate about helping you reach your next step so you can have a fulfilling life. Please join me today in welcoming Dr. Mel Tavares to the show. Dr. Mel, welcome. Well, thank you, Tope. Thanks for having me. I'm uh, I'm excited to be here and to share what God has laid on my heart with others. Okay, thank you. Uh, so uh, to to just get us warm, warmed up a little bit, just tell us a little known fact about yourself. A little known fact. Um, well, I'm from Maine, so I am a country girl at heart. Even though I live in the urban area right now and have for the last 15 years, I very much am a country girl. I, I like to garden. I like to hunt. I like to fish. I like to camp. Uh-huh. Oh, wow. That's neat. Uh, so you like to, you like, to, you like outdoors. That's what I'm hearing. That's yeah. right. Outdoors. Yeah. 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 Me too. I like outdoors gardening, uh, going for walks in nature. Yeah. That's really good. So, um, uh, to, to, uh, for our guest, I mean, for our show today, I would like to start us off by asking you to share with our listeners one of your God stories. I know you have many God stories, uh, but share one of your God stories that's, and, uh, that's helped you learn to understand and empathize with others. That's really had a great impact on you. Yeah, there, you're right. There are a lot. I think that I would want to share 
Um, and it seems maybe a bit extreme, but I would share about when I was homeless and had to mm-hmm. just expect God to move or mm-hmm. I didn't know what to do. Mm-hmm. So I had um, moved out of my home. I had been mar- married for 25 years, but that situation uh, warranted me having to leave and take my children. Mm-hmm. And so I spent a few months bouncing around on my friend's couches and, and my kids kind of curled up in different extra bedrooms mm-hmm. and um, rented a home for a short time, but that wasn't going to work. So I ended up uh, moving to Connecticut and was living in a tent with my kids in the campground that we had often camped at and then bought a camper. And then became a staff person and eventually moved into the lodge and took over, you know, the condominium there. But there were there was a, a solid six months where we really didn't have a home. And and I would say that after having a um, stable home for 25 years, mm-hmm. there was a, a year and a half of just not knowing where we would live, how I would feed them. Mm-hmm how I would keep them warm in New England, any of those types of things. So when I hear of women who are in a situation where they have to get out and they don't know where to go, it it's easy for me to be able to minister to them and to give ideas, find resources, mm-hmm. think outside the box and find a way to make it work. Mm-hmm. Wow. Homelessness. I can I can relate to that a little bit. Um, so you here you were married for twenty five years, and then you found yourself homeless and had to live in tent with children and not knowing. And so, tell us a little bit more. How did you see God move in tangible ways during that time when you were homeless? Well, you know, I was sitting there and. I just, I believe that our relationship with the Lord is key. If we do not know who he is and we do not know what the word of God says, then we have really nothing to hang on to. We're grasping at straws. But when we know that he is Jehovah Jireh, Mm -hmm. that he says he will never leave us Mm -hmm. forsaken and begging for bread, Mm -hmm. that he's always got a plan and a future for our lives, then it's easy to begin to trust him. And so that's what I did. And I saw him, as I just kind of described, move me from a couch to, hey, my friend has a home. Are you interested? She gave it to me for several months without having to pay rent. And then I found freelance writing jobs. So I paid her rent. Then I moved to Connecticut and I started over. And But then I had the opportunity to buy a travel trailer. And then from there, I had the opportunity. So God moved incrementally and then eventually brought my now husband through that same situation in the campground. Um, and brought my now husband, and and here I am in a completely stable, God-centered situation. But it was always holding on to the different scriptures and saying, I know who he is, and he will not leave me, and he will not forsake me, and he he has a plan for myself and my kids, and we're just going to have to listen carefully to his voice and follow those steps. 
as difficult as they are. Hmm. Follow those steps as difficult as they are. Wow. So what I am hearing is, one, you had a relationship, a solid relationship with the Lord. And that's what helped has helped you to weather that season of homelessness. And taking God's word, taking him at his word, knowing him, knowing him for who he says he is, not doubting, not wavering, just saying, Lord, I may not understand, but I'm standing on this word that you are Jehovah Jireh, the provider. Wow. Wow. So at listeners, if you're listening to us, maybe you'll find yourself, I don't know, in homelessness or some other situation like that today. Having a solid foundation with God can help us weather the storms of life. It is, this is where we find hope and anchor. And so, um, Dr. Mill, um, as we as uh, we we um, continue our conversation, what experiences has shaped the work that you're doing today? Again, I know that you've got multiple angles you could go with this question. So you, you're free to share whichever one, but what experiences have that, that have had the most impact and helped you in the work that you're doing today? Well, I minister to people with a lot of different situations. And I, I'll say this. I used to say, um, it, whatever your situation, I've probably encountered it. And I used to question God, like, why are you allowing me to go through these trials and tribulations and things that some people go through one type or another type? Mm-hmm. But I've been through a, a, a pretty wide range of situations. Mm-hmm. And I used to say, well, I can relate to everyone except for someone who's had a child that's gone to jail or a child who has died. And then I got a call just almost two years ago to the day um, that my daughter was in jail. And and I, I, well, she hadn't, she was under arrest. She had not been moved to jail yet. She was in an emergency room. She, it turns out unbeknownst to me, she, you know, she loved the Lord. She was teaching Bible studies and all that, but all the while um, was apparently an alcoholic and it increased during um, COVID. Mm -hmm. And so she ended up committing felonies because she had my granddaughter in the car and, and was facing up to 10 years in jail. You know, nobody wants that call. She's going to jail and it's going to be for a long time. And um, the hand of God once again moved. You know, I know how to, if there's anything I've learned, I've learned how to do spiritual warfare. And um, and so we prayed and she was in jail for a while. And then she was under house arrest and and God graciously allowed her to do an outpatient um, treatment court. It's a mm-hmm. pilot project. Mm-hmm. And so she is working her way through that and has been clean and sober for these two years, but um, had been an alcoholic for 20 years. And I didn't know. Um, mm-hmm. So that, yeah, having the call that your kid is in jail and now you have to figure out how to do commissary and do all those things that n- nobody imagines they're going to learn. Mm-hmm. So I could talk about a lot of different things. You know, we've, I've, I've struggled with the domestic situations. I've faced a cancer diagnosis multiple times over. Um, 
and and not had that progress. God has miraculously healed me through those. I have struggled. And I think, you know, you get weary at times, just mm-hmm. tired of trudging through this pilgrimage God has us on. <laughs> and we have to look, we have to lift up our eyes, right? We have to find a way to overcome these adversities. And the yeah. answer to that is you better know who God is, who yeah. you are, yes. who the enemy is, and what yes. authority we have over him. And we just rise above it. Yes. Yes. Wow. Wow. Thank you for, for sharing that. Um, so you mentioned uh, spiritual warfare. Uh, I, I know that not a, I believe that not a lot of people know what that is, what that's like. So can you tell us a little bit more about what spiritual, what's spiritual warfare and what's like to do that battle? Well, what it is, is a recognition, first of all, that Satan is not just, you know, the depiction that we often hear in Sunday school class, but that he is very real and that he has the power and authority. Mm-hmm. He's the prince of the airwaves and God gave him temporarily that power and authority. And if we do not know that we are a child of God that has authority over Satan, the enemy of our soul, mm-hmm. then we're he just runs rampant through our lives. So learning who we are in Christ and what authority we can um, impose upon the enemy to put him to flight so that he can no longer, you know, destroy our thought life, can no longer cause anxiety and depression, steal our joy. You know, and even mess with our our finances, our marriages, our relationships, all to to put that under our feet mm-hmm. and to say he's he's the defeated foe, yes, and that we will not succumb to his tricks anymore. Mm-hmm. That's a whole process, and I'll say, you know, I'm still learning, aren't you? it's it's like <laughs> <Me too. laughs> thirty some odd years later, and I'm still learning. And he'll trip me up every now and then. I was like, ah, oh, we see this is not from God. This is from Satan. And it's time to get rid of that. Yeah. So. Wow. So, yeah. Thank you again for sharing that That about uh, spiritual warfare. So it's recognizing the enemy for who he is, recognizing Satan for who he is. Because many times in the church, we're not taught. We just, oh, yeah, Satan's out there. What's that like? What, I mean, what's that about? And how do we, when we find out him attacking us, because in John 10, 10, he says, the enemy, Satan comes to steal, kill and destroy. And he, everything you mentioned just now, he wants to steal our joy, kill our, I mean, kill, uh, destroy our lives and just wreak havoc. And, but Jesus came that we might have life and have it more abundantly, full life, fulfilling life, not waiting till heaven, but beginning from right here now today. That's, That's what right. I just had you say. And yep. so how do we then, um, knowing that we're in battle, um, knowing that we know the word of God, practically, how do we do that? How do we stand on that word? Because a lot of us growing up in the church, and if you, you're familiar with spiritual warfare, you know what to do. But many of our listeners out there may not even have an idea what that looks like. So 
give us uh, practically, how do you practicalize that or operationalize that in your life? Okay, well, the, I just mentioned uh, about, you know, negative thoughts. So I mm-hmm. guess I'll start there. Yeah. Um, particularly today, I think this is time. It's a timely question because mm-hmm. in today's society, fear is huge. Mm-hmm. People are scared of what's coming down the pike. They, you know, not just COVID, but now we've got economic things and global things going on. Fear is a very real thing. And the anxiety, you know, in terms of mental health, and I've done a lot of mental health work over these years, it is at an all-time high. People are petrified. And so I, when I'm working with people, I'm like, those are negative thoughts that are coming into your mind. You have to learn to take those captive. You have to, what is it? Second Corinthians 10.5. Um, Um, And it's like, we have to learn to take those thoughts captive. And in a practical way, what that means to me is if the, you know, the enemy, if it's not God speaking in our minds, then it's the enemy. Mm -hmm. And so let's say that it's like, um, you know, you have this thought you hear, like, I'll use a practical example here. I paid $3.89 for oil two weeks ago. Mm -hmm. Right now it's up to $6 a gallon here in Connecticut, $6 a gallon. Now, if I let fear start to take over, I'm going to start thinking like things like, oh my goodness, $6 a gallon, it's going to cost me $2,000. There's no way I'm going to be able to do that. We're going to freeze to death this winter. Stop. Stop. (laughs) I have to stop myself and think like, that is not, where is that coming from? And before, if I did not take hold of that, then I would be off the rails within a half an hour or an hour. And you imagine people dwell on these things mm-hmm. throughout the day and then maybe into the week, they don't mm-hmm. sleep because they, they're mulling it over and mm-hmm. it grows like a monster. Like, mm-hmm. And so you have to stop and say, no, mm-hmm. what does God say? Mm-hmm. Oh, I remember God says he is Jehovah Jireh. He will provide. And he will not leave the righteous. And so you can think that way and say, okay, thank you, Lord, that you're going to somehow make this oil last. Yes. Thank you, Lord, that you're going to bring extra income our way to provide during the middle of inflation. Thank you, Lord, that you're going to take care of me because I'm seeking you and I'm doing everything to serve you in the kingdom. Thank you, Lord. And that puts the enemy to flight. Yes. 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 Thank you for sharing that. That that is a really practical example. Very tangible. Someone can take that with them. So stand on that word. Know who you are in Christ. Know who Christ is. Know his word. Have that word in your mind all the time and use that when those negative thoughts before that train leaves the station, stop it and just say, what does the word of God say? Go back to the word. Ask the Lord for a word to help you uh, so your mind is stayed on him. Wow. Yes. Thank thank you. So now let me ask you this. What's brought you joy as you've gone through many difficult seasons in life? What's brought you joy during your difficult seasons? Can I say him, the Lord? You know, because... There have been times when there has been no one else, you know, when there have been times when people who, you know, I would say believers even 
who have turned against me in situations, not understanding fully what the reality and the truths were, mm-hmm. even they. So there have been times, you know, that you find yourself by yourself mm-hmm. for whatever reason. And that relationship has to be first and foremost. And when you know that he has your life in the palm of his hands and that he has a plan to use you despite whatever's going on in what seems like crazy circumstances, circumstances that can't be overcome, there's great joy in realizing we still get to serve him. We still get to minister to other people, mm-hmm. even while we're struggling through whatever our particular circumstance is. And to me, that brings great joy. It's like mm-hmm. the enemy can't steal that. There's no circumstance on earth that can take away joy. And I used to teach that there's a difference between happiness and joy. Yeah. Happiness is based on our circumstances. Well, I'm not always happy in whatever circumstance I find myself in, but I can still have joy. Mm-hmm. So that deep-rooted knowledge of who God is and who I am to him mm-hmm. and the relationship we have says nothing's shaking that. Mm-hmm. I might go through disease, trauma, crisis, loss, all the things we've talked about, homelessness, and a long, long list of adversities that people yes. deal with. Mm-hmm. and nothing can take away the joy. Wow. So it's him. Again, everything we're talking about today is centering on God, him, having him front, square, center in the middle of your life and everything else anchored to him. And that joy uh, comes from him. So it's not in the circumstances. It's not in... um any, anything else, not even in material things. Those are all temporary uh, stuff, but deep joy comes from the Lord. And so what I, what I was hearing you describe was the joy of the Lord is my strength. You just described that so well as you shared your story. So let me ask you this. You have written four books. You're an, you're an award-winning author. You've written four books. And so I'm going to ask you, I know when we have children, we don't, people can say, oh, which one? No, we don't have favorites. We just love all our children. But I would ask you for the, your four books, which is your favorite? And tell us why you wrote it and why the topic's important to you. Oh, it is hard, isn't it? We can't have favorites. <laughs> so um, I'll say my my favorite one is the one I'm working on now, but it's not out yet. So we, we won't talk about that. Um okay. And that is on overcoming adversity. It's the type of stuff we're talking about now. I would say um, it's not as much a book as I just did. I did my dissertation work just Mm pre-pandemic and it's on today's youth culture. And the reason that's so um, near and dear to my heart, I've worked with youth all these years and their families Mm -hmm. in one way or another. If you're working with people, you're dealing with youth and families and Mm -hmm. I'm seeing so much of the um, struggle that families are having is tracing back to today's youth culture is very different than even when, you know, 
I raised my kids just a few years back. It's mm-hmm. very different. Mm-hmm. The The technology has changed mm-hmm. and they've got it at their fingertips. Mm-hmm. The drug culture mm-hmm. is not any longer, you know, hiding out in a back alley, but it's mm-hmm. front and center. Mm-hmm. The, the schools have got their hands full. The social issues that we're facing, there's just so much. And so part of what I do is to work with the families, the parents, particularly not that I can't work with the youth, but I think the Lord has shifted me into working more with the parents and educating them and equipping them and bringing forth truths that says, listen, you need to be equipped. If you don't know what's going on, if, you know, I used an example during a Facebook live the other day, talking about um, the very popular Roblox that a lot of kids are playing right now, um, an app on their phone, and almost every child has it. Well, there was a very subtle shift uh, a couple of weeks ago, and now it's 13 and under, or 13, you have to be 13 to play, not 12. Mm-hmm. That very subtle shift, if a parent does not know that that happened they don't know that it just opened up all the adult mature content for a seven or eight year old, my granddaughter, who's been, you know, the playing that. And now because they shifted the age one year, it opens it wide open. So educating the parents and trying to keep people abreast and encouraging and exhorting, like you have got to be involved. You've got to keep your eyes open and you've got to, Subscribe to newsletters, do whatever you got to do to stay on the cutting edge because people are very savvy. Mm-hmm. And and teens, it's our job to protect our kids and our teenagers. And parents think they are, but it's an evil world we live in. And the most atrocious things that we can't even conceive in our minds are being put in the minds of our children. Mm-hmm. And our grandchildren. And so I would say that work has become a springboard and a platform for part of what I'm doing now. That I, I believe you're doing really interesting work right there because the family, um, it, uh, the family is a foundation of the society. And if the family, as the family goes, so the society goes and the enemy, I think for the last However many years it's been attacking the family steadily, uh, bringing disintegration in homes. And then with the culture that we have today where, you know, everyone has a smartphone, uh, a seven-year-old has a smartphone. I mean, it's, it's, it's common. And so as parents being able to monitor that, to, to still sort of, because at the, at those younger ages, that's a window to shape and mold those children to give them the values. Um, otherwise, you know, the world takes over. And so I, I want to commend you and thank you for that wonderful work that you're doing. Um, it, it's, it's really important and so needed today. And I hope that many more people, you know, we take up that work of working with parents, helping them to, um, to shape the next generation and at least break the cycle of, you know, drug abuse, um, all kinds of stuff that that's out there that our young people are facing today. So I, I want to thank you for that. 
Um, so as we round up, I would like to ask you, what's one treasure that you could leave with our listeners to encourage them in any current uh, circumstances, trials, adversities that they may be facing? What's one thing that you would leave for them? What one treasure that you leave for them? Let's say that, you know, there's always hope. God always has an answer. There's always hope because, and, and, you know, he left us the Bible as our blueprint. Mm -hmm. And so learning that word and learning how to use a concordance, I mean, you don't have to memorize every verse in the Bible, but we certainly have to be equipped of how to utilize it to find the answers because there's nothing that we're facing that he does not give answers for. So no matter how hopeless the circumstance is, we need to realize that God sees what we don't mm-hmm. and he's got a plan and there's always hope and it is not to harm us. It is for good. Mm-hmm. And that, you know, like Romans eight twenty eight says, he works all things together for good. There's always hope. There's an expected positive end to whatever we are facing. Whatever we are facing. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Oh, thank you so much for that. So there is always hope. So listeners, if you're out there today struggling, uh, whatever the challenges may be, there is always hope. Uh, what we see right now, we just see a little bit, but God has the bigger picture and we can hang in there, trust him, lean on him, get in community, get in the word. I know that there is always hope. Um, I think that that word hope summarizes our discussion today because everything we've talked about from, you know, uh, surviving adversity, surviving homelessness, uh, difficult seasons of life, even working with youth, all of that uh, is all about hope, our hope in God. So we can anchor ourselves in God. Um, So uh, Dr. Mel, thank you again. Um, so let me ask you, as we are rounding up our conversation, where can people connect with you? I think the easiest way is to just go to my website. And it's so simplistic because we were taught to keep it simple, right? DrMelTavares.com. Yeah. There you can find all the social links. You can find the email links. Um, so I just say go to the website, browse the website. But that's a starting point. It's the okay. easiest way to find me. Thank you. Well, uh, Dr. Mel. Um, thank you for coming on the show today and sharing your story with us. Um, such a blessing, such a blessing. Um, thank you for having me. You're welcome. So, hey, friends, um, you can find Dr. Mel at drmeltavares.com. So uh, I will have this on the show notes for you. So now, thank you again for being on Treasures and Truth. Uh, we talk where I hope uh, Dr. Mel's story empowers you to hang on to hope and to know that you are loved and you can tap into the treasures in your trials. Uh, again, I will have show notes for you at Hidden Treasures and Riches. Again, remember to subscribe, leave a rating and a review and help spread the word about this podcast. Thank you in advance. Um, lastly, remember, God always has answers. Whether you're facing relationship issues at home or at work or any other challenges or crisis in life, God has answers and he loves you. Until next time, God bless you and have a wonderful day.